There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped in Tampa Grand Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran who retired out of Manhattan North Homicide Squad. So many things are going on nationally in the police world. And one good bit of news is the live TV show that was on over two years ago was taken off the air, basically, during all the national police unrest. It's back on the air. And I think that's a great thing because police need morale and they need morale. I think this show does it. I think this show, it it debuted on Friday and Saturday, even though they had a lot of technical glitches, it debuted at number one. And the show is just going to go off the charts. Uh, The more it, it moves on, the better job they do. And basically the concept, it's now called on patrol live. And of course, uh, it, it's with Dan Abrams as the lead host, along with Sean Sticks Larkin, a retired lieutenant from Tulsa PD, and Lieutenant Curtis Wilson, another retired lieutenant from South Carolina. And the concept is they go out into the field, eight different police departments, and they go on patrol with them. Live, live. So all you couch potatoes, and I say that with a lot of love in my heart, there's no football right now. So you be live patrol couch potatoes. You watch and see what police are up against. And it really gives you, you're in the driver's seat with them. You see how they apply the law. You see the danger they're in. Look, there's never been a time where there's not been more transparency than now with policing. Almost every police department in the nation is wearing what's known as body one video, meaning they have a video camera uh, on the left side, uh, uh, below their shield. I mean, not not just do they wear body-worn video, but there is video out there everywhere from the public, videotaping the police in every single move they make. But this show is great. I think it's a great idea. When we go back and we talk about uh, the defund the police movement, the uh, riots after George Floyd, which I was looking through some of the video, the press called those peaceful demonstrations. As cities were burning to the ground, the press were talking how peaceful these demonstrations were. As one police station was attacked 100 nights in a row with Molotov cocktails, the press called these peaceful demonstrations. And where has that left us today? Where are we now today in policing? The defund the police movement practically destroyed a profession. And it's not over. We're just starting to climb the rung of the ladder, getting back to where we were 15 or 20 years ago. Look, in New York City, look at all the changes. They defunded or de- they took anti-crime out of the NYPD. There's no more plainclothes units. One of the most effective units in NYPD history. They do not exist anymore. You see all the problems they're having now in transit. Transit anti-crime was one of the most successful units on the NYPD. No more. These mopes need to be afraid of the police. You know, 
Oh, there's an old word that you're not supposed to say, but you know something, I'm retired so I can say it. These mopes, these perps, right? That patrol, they patrol too, the subway. And that's where they commit their crimes. And it's just unbelievable. So no more anti-crime in transit, no more anti-crime on the street. What's the result of that? Shootings. You're seeing little kids getting shot because mopes that are 16 and 17 gangbangers are banging it out on the street and shooting innocent bystanders. It's, it's incredible, the crap. Like it, it, it took policing back 50 years. It really has. And then, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Politicians have the gall, the utmost gall, to stick their hands in policing where it doesn't belong. This guy bragged the Manhattan DA. He needs to go. He's a George Soros appointee. He doesn't want to prosecute anybody. He needs to go. And Governor Hochul, you were, you're an appointed official. You were appointed governor by the outgoing governor, Andrew Cuomo. You can be unelected in November. Let's hope there's a, there's a, there's a red bloodbath in November, because if you don't remove Bragg, you've got a very good chance of not getting elected. You know. And then you look at the, the, the state assembly, this guy Carl Heasty. Where did they get that guy from? I'm really on a roll now. You know, where did they get? And, and the New York City Council, this diaphragm law is one of the worst things that has ever happened. The New York City Police Department is the laughing stock of the nation. The most copied police department on this earth. When they make a TV show, they make it about Wyoming PD. No, the NYPD is the most praised, the most looked up to, the most copied police department on this earth and they're being held back by these buffoons buffoons who are in the city council that passed this law called the diaphragm law that just totally endangers the police just just unbelievable you know before i get to a lot of this stuff i want to play um dan abrams talks about how this show now it's called on patrol live how it debuted on friday night and Saturday at number one. If you debut on number one, where are you going to go from here? You're going to just keep going up because guess what? People never wanted this show canceled, but TV executives being woke and having the balls the size of an amoeba, they got rid of this show because they were terrified, shaking in their boots. Oh my God, everyone hates the police. Let's get rid of this show. And of course, Dan Abrams protested it at the time two years ago. And now they had to rename it and put it on a different channel. But guess what? It's going to be a great show. It debuted at number one. So all you TV executives with the balls the size of an amoeba, you're going to sit there and act like you 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 were brave that you that you had guts putting this back on that that you were a visionary. I love that they say we say that at the Academy Awards at the Oscars, he was a visionary. <laughs> yes, he was a visionary. He could see that this show was going to make millions. That's how, that's how he was a visionary. He showed so much vision, so much, so much oversight, so much. He just listened to his, his co-workers. He's a brilliant TV executive, just unbelievable. Let's hear from uh, Dan Abrams. Let's see what he has to say about this show. On Patrol Live on the Reels channel. On Friday and Saturday night for three hours each night, we follow police officers in real time to give America a much needed raw view of what it's like to be a cop in this country. 
I was reunited with a team of producers, crew, both on the set and in the field that I had sorely missed. But maybe the thing I was most thrilled about was to see a social media community that we're calling the OP Nation. Many of you make doing that show a truly special experience, and you showed up big time. Despite enormous technical difficulties that delayed the show for over 70 minutes on Friday night, we were still the number one rated show in all of cable, Friday and Saturday night, in the all-important demographic of 25 to 54. Wow. And I got to say, I kind of knew it based on how many of you were flooding our Twitter accounts with messages of support and frustration as we waited for the show to finally make it on the air. We found the issue, we think, fixed it, we think, and we're up on the air with old friends and new ones. Joining me in the studio, formerly of the Tulsa Police Department, now retired, Sergeant Sean Sticks Larkin. It is a pleasure to finally meet you. I have always wanted to work with you. It's a pleasure. Thrilling. We will be talking to Sticks in just a moment. And uh, there's a photo where uh, you can see my tattoos on the set. Uh, Deputy Curtis Wilson, also with the Richmond County Sheriff's Office, will continue to join Sticks and me as a full-time commentator. We were in some um, familiar departments and many new ones. We saw Richland County with Master Deputy Addie Perez, Captain Danny Brown, and Sergeant Garrow Brown. And we saw other departments like Volusia, Florida, Patterson, New Jersey, Beach Grove, Indiana, Nye County, Nevada, Marion, Florida, Berkeley County, South Carolina. We also said goodbye to a new friend that had been doing a lot of buzzing, the on-patrol fly that was driving us nuts on set. And we topped all the competition, which once again shows On Patrol Live is here to stay. Joining me now to celebrate our big night and talk about what happened, retired Tulsa Police Lieutenant, and yes, my old friend and co-host of On Patrol Live, Mr. Sean Sticks Larkin. Hello there. You know, folks, one of the interesting things is Sean Sticks Larkin uh, has 250,000 followers on his Instagram and uh, the same thing on his TikTok. So... Don't you think they know that this show is just going to blow up? When you have that amount of people on your social media, it's going to blow up. But this show, again, I'll repeat myself. This is good for policing because policing has taken a beating in the last couple of years. And in fact, many folks out there almost destroyed this profession, politicians included. And I want to name the party, but they almost destroyed policing. So now... On the strength of a show like this, it can do tremendous things for policing. You know, one thing I just want to say to um, uh, to Dan Abrams, why don't you come to New York? There's a lot of problems on the NYPD right now. Let's put a camera on them. Let's shine a light on them. Let's show the problems. And then maybe these politicians that are creating these problems will hide like the little cowards they are. There, Sticks. Good to see you, Dan. Again, 48 Let's, hours later, or whatever right? it is now. We were just together. Let's start with the technical difficulties. We were going crazy on the set because your mom was texting you to let us know that the show was not on the air. Everyone on social media is telling us, hey, the show's no one can see it. No one can see it. We're like, what are they talking about? We're sitting here shooting the show live. And your mom ended up being the, the true arbiter for us at all times of whether we were on the air. Uh, she is, man. Listen, you know, my mom is, uh, despite me being almost 49 years old, she's still a huge fan of her baby boy, I guess, whether it would be Little League or hopping on On Patrol Live with you. But, 
yeah, you know, we're following Twitter because it is such a big part of the show and we're seeing these things pop up. We don't understand. And then mom's messages start coming through, you know, immediately real time, letting us know exactly what's happening. So we've got people running into the control room, trying to update them. It was, uh, it was a first, but my mom was a hero. Yes, we loved it. Folks, just uh, you, some folks are asking in the chat, what channel is it on? It's on cable, R-E-E-L-Z, Reels, the real, and uh, Friday and Saturday night, it, it was it, start, it goes on at 9 p.m., and apparently they had some technical difficulties, but the show still debuted at number one. So this show is going to be amazing. It's going to be off the hook. We were, it was all about Six's mom. That was, that was a little behind-the-scene nugget for those of you who were watching uh, the show. Let me play a yep. little, uh, a little uh, piece of sound here. This is part of what we saw on the show. This is something that had happened in Richland County with a police pursuit with, dep with a master deputy Perez. 906 is right behind them. Air support is not available to do weather. Doing about 80. He's about to pass O'Neill Court. Lane one, lane two, switching lanes. He's doing about 120. He just threw something out right here, right here on the bridge. He just threw. A How cool is that, right? If you're an audience member, you're seeing the pursuit in real time. It's live, and this officer, this female officer is narrating it. Something just flew out the window, as I've seen many times in my police career. Also, vehicle pursuits are one of the most dangerous activity activities police officers can undertake. And you could see the perp car just blew right through the red light, almost got in an accident. But officers have to consider red lights and consider the safety of the public. And the NYPD, what my job as a sergeant lots of times was to terminate the pursuit. And I think the language used in the patrol guide was anytime the danger to the public in an immediate apprehension uh, overrides the, the seriousness of apprehending this guy, immediately the pursuit should be terminated. So in essence, you don't pursue someone for a red light because he's the guy's not a huge danger to the public, but you chasing him will create a much bigger danger to the public than uh, the perpetrator or the offender getting immediately apprehended. Go baggy out, clear a bag on the bridge. All right, back across the median. Go move, go move now, we can't tie it down. 10.50, 10.50, 10.50, 10.50, Wilson, get out, clear out, now. See in New York right there, he's got his knee on a guy. He could get arrested for a misdemeanor in New York. He's violating the diaphragm law. Isn't that pathetic? You guys watching this? Yeah. Are you okay? Unbelievable. He went head on and hit the other victim, unfortunately. The victim is okay. Should be heading to EMS. Um, he also had narcotics that flew out the window that he threw out. He also had narcotics in the vehicle and also a gun in the car as well. So now he's going to jail. Pretty cool that the officer is explaining what happened. There was drugs. The guy violated numerous uh, VTL, and he had a gun in the car, too. All right?
that's so when you see that uh, people that are watching the show, they can understand the danger that the officers are in in this instance. You know, Sean, one of the things we didn't talk about on on the air after watching that is something you and I have discussed a lot, which is the adrenaline that is going on with an officer involved in a pursuit. And you've pointed out to me that there are times when you try to get a new team in there to come deal with the arrest because the officer who's been involved in the pursuit is so you know naturally amped up following this. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the role of a pursuit monitor, actually listening to the pursuit, listen to the pursuing officer, just how they sound on the radio, because you can tell when somebody's getting really amped up. And when that happens, oftentimes they're losing focus of just everything else that's going on around them. But a lot of departments, including my own here in Tulsa, our policy basically says if, if you're involved in the vehicle pursuit, you are not going to be the officer that transports the person to jail. You know, folks, I, that's a new procedure that I've never heard any department have. And it's actually a good idea. Uh, I don't know if you have the manpower to be able to do that. But what uh, uh, Lieutenant Stick said was that officers involved in the pursuit uh, are not supposed to transport the perps uh, to the police facility. That makes a lot of sense. And you can understand why you're all jacked up. You're all, you may want to slap the guy. And you get get yourself in trouble. And that's just human nature. But that's the first time I've ever heard a police procedure like that. There was no, at least in the, since the 10 years I left the NYPD, there was no uh, such patrol guide procedure. There was a lot of stuff in regards to pursuits. And the pursuits, um, as I said earlier, were monitored by the patrol sergeant, uh, the lieutenant, the captain even out there. If the patrol sergeant didn't terminate the pursuit, perhaps the uh, platoon commander would or the precinct or the duty captain. Because if something occurs during the pursuit and someone gets hurt, guess who's getting a complaint? First, the sergeant, possibly the lieutenant and the duty captain. So no one is going to say, oh, yes, chase this guy to the end of time uh, for a red light or for a pennant larceny or for some mundane crime uh, a sergeant or lieutenant is going to terminate that pursuit and always over the air you'll hear cops say oh you pussy you pussy okay dude you put your vacation and your career on the line let, let it be your responsibility and see how quickly you'll terminate the pursuit for a low-level crime just again, because of that adrenaline, you know, in this pursuit here, Addy Perez is behind this young man and sees them crash in and injure an innocent person. And that's infuriating. And so just to try to minimize, you know, any potential inappropriate conversations that go on between the officer and the suspect, a lot of departments do that. Yeah. They have another officer transport the suspect. And real quick, the show is not always about pursuits. We had a the guy who was throwing screws into the uh, into the road and then the old butter man butter man right he had happened to have a yes that handy stick of butter in his pocket which of course you know we were curious well, about that two, right but uh well, that, i don't know what this is this is another uh pursuit they're showing had with oh this is rolling up on butter man oh okay this is rolling up on oh, uh, butter all right. man. okay oh there he is all right anyway so it was, uh, look, it was, it was really both <laughs> exciting and interesting and incredibly entertaining to be on the set with you there. Hey, listen, honestly, you, using those words right there, that's the job of a police officer here in America. 
It has all of those things involved. It's entertaining at times. It's exciting. It's exhilarating and so forth. And it can be boring at times. That's part of the job. This guy says he was picking up the screws. He was basically doing a public service. Um, So who knows? Sean Sticks Larkin, uh, I will see you at the latest on Friday night at 9 p.m. If I don't see you on this show, well before then. Yes, sir. Congratulations, man. Proud to work with you on this uh, hit already. Me too. The OP Nation out there watching carefully and uh, supporting us, which is greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Seems amazing, right? It seems like it's going to be an unbelievable show. I don't know if anyone was watching News Nation last night. They made an announcement that they have hired um, Chris Cuomo for his own show. And I don't know specifically what type of show he's going to do, but they seemed all um, excited about it. Uh, And I mean, uh, Chris Cuomo uh, basically was a parrot for the Democratic Party on CNN. And I don't know what his role is going to be on uh, News Nation, but he's getting his own show. And I I sort of um, cringed a bit when I heard that. And uh, not a big fan. I'll admit I'm not a big fan of Chris Cuomo. Uh, I don't know what uh, what his role, as I said, what his role is going to be. I don't think he has anything to do with um, uh, On Patrol Live, but it seems like Dan Abrams is almost like a boss at News Nation. So let's see what occurs with this. You know, prior to the uh, prior to this show getting approved, again, this show has been off the air for over two years. We all remember our our country was in a ridiculous quagmire with the George Floyd riots. And it seemed that the police at every, every jurisdiction, every, every place in the country were being eviscerated by the press, by politicians. Uh, It led to the defund the police movement. And it it literally was, um, it was, it was outrageous. It really was outrageous. And, uh, I just want to remind everyone where the country was at that time. And I'm going to just play something and you'll see. And this this is what also led to that show being taken off the air. Overnight, Minneapolis burned again. A fourth night of protest after the death of George Floyd. Multiple buildings went up in flames and often there was no police in sight. At times, rioters ruled the streets. It's clear the violence is spreading. Right now, multiple buildings on this block are on fire. The National Guard just arrived on the scene. This seems like a dramatic escalation from what we saw the night before. As a curfew took effect for the first time, defiance. Protesters ignoring orders to disperse and marching through downtown. This is not about George's death. This is not about inequities that were real. This is about chaos. The chaos erupted as fired officer Derek Chauvin was booked on charges of third-degree murder and manslaughter, accused of killing Floyd. Overnight, we also learned that his wife has filed for divorce. Her attorney says she is devastated by Mr. Floyd's death, and her utmost sympathy lies with his family. State charging documents allege that Chauvin had his knee on Floyd's neck for more than eight minutes, even after Floyd I just can't help but thinking in regards to uh, his wife, uh, that song, Stand By Your Man. 
she really stood by her man, you know, <laughs> just unbelievable. Became non-responsive. His attorney has declined to comment. We can only charge a case when we have sufficient admissible evidence to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. As of right now, we have that. Just hours after the announcement, protesters gathered here. For them, the charges just aren't enough. We want first-degree murder. Clifford Adams says the tensions here are not so easily diffused. I don't condone the violence and I do not condone the looting, but what do you expect when people get angry after they haven't been hurt? The county attorney says an investigation is underway and he anticipates charges against the three other officers. But in this wounded city, there's a long troubled history of abuse allegations. Even Minneapolis's so current police chief, along with four other officers, deficit. once sued their own department, accusing it of tolerating racism. The officers were paid a settlement two years later. That powder keg now exploding night after night. The war's here. Do something about it. Thanks, Clean Chris. up this police department. And this morning, many buildings in this city are still burning. On this block, emergency crews are now on the scene trying to douse the flames. There are many questions here about leadership in the city. Yesterday, the governor had criticized local officials for not having enough of a plan. But the state and the National Guard was supposed to be here last night. They were here for part of the night, but obviously it didn't stop this violence. So many residents here are now wondering, what's next? Peter? Gabe, you've been on the ground there for days now. We saw the arrest of Derek Chauvin just yesterday. Are protesters, demonstrators you speak to, are they satisfied by that or do they want to see the other three officers arrested as well? Well, Peter, certainly they do want to see more arrests in this case. You heard the county attorney say that charges are anticipated. Uh, however, they are not just satisfied. They're, they're not just upset with the fact that the three other officers haven't been charged. They also... Uh, are not satisfied with a third-degree murder charge against this officer. As you can see, many of them are still upset. And, Peter, we should point out that at the beginning of the night, there were many peaceful protesters, but certainly as the night wore on, they were overshadowed by all this devastation. So, folks, that was the environment in which um, it was then called Live PD. That was the environment in which it was canceled. And the Derek Chauvin incident with uh, George Floyd, I don't know a cop in this nation that would say what happened there was okay. Everyone said Derek Chauvin should go to prison. However, he is not reflective of what police officers are like throughout this nation. Yet the entire police profession was judged based on his actions. Doctors kill people every single day. Lawyers do unfathomable things every day. Are they wearing body-worn video? Are they getting indicted? Are they being watched? They, uh, they have video cameras. Are they wearing body-worn video? No. So, But an incident like this practically destroyed the profession of policing. So that is one of the reasons that I really think that uh, – that this show, this live patrol, I think it's a great thing because people get to see what officers deal are dealing with, uh, what they're dealing with in real time and, and, and how dangerous it is and, and the decisions they have to make 
And I, I think it's it's great that it came back. And, and when you realize, I just showed you, you know, half of America being burned to the ground, these TV executives that just canceled it, because as I, as I said earlier, most TV executives have the balls the size of an amoeba. So it's like, it's not that they have tremendous balls in bringing this show back. They don't. But this show has no downside. It's going to be, it's, it's debuting at number one. So what, what choice did they have, right? And Dan Abrams is a winner. So uh, it, it's amazing. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go on our YouTube channel. It's free. Subscribe. Hit that. Give us a thumbs up. Hit that button. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel membership with five, count them five. So if you want to support us, we'd appreciate it. Um, I'm just going to show you a little bit more about this show because this show, maybe it can help bring policing back and bring the respect to this profession that this profession deserves. The producers of Live PD and I will be back with a new live police show on Friday and Saturday nights. You'll see us with a different name, new network, some changes, this summer, we're coming back on cable network reels. And as of now, it'll be called On Patrol Live. So first, I want to say thank you to the Live PD Nation. I know this wait was long, but we needed the right platform to make this show what it should be. You never gave up the faith, and neither did I. As many of you know, I've been advocating for the show to return since the day it went off the air. Here on News Nation, I actually had the entire gang from the original show on for a reunion. At the end of the program, I got personal. Nothing in my professional career has compared to being a part of Live PD. We became a family. Those of us on the set, the producers, the crews, both in studio and those who were out with the officers. And of course, most importantly, all of you. Together, you, we, had something truly special that I had never had in my professional life. I want it back. So rest assured that I will continue to fight the fight as best I can. And I'm gonna bring those sweaters back. For the last two years, my Twitter's been flooded by so many of you demanding that we bring the show back. Well, it's not the same exact show but we still will be live in multiple departments watching the work police officers do every day. And the mission will be the same. Again, I wanna say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of you. We did it. And of course my compadre, retired Tulsa Police Lieutenant Sean Sticks Larkin will be back. There'll be some new components of the show, including having citizens ride along with officers. We'll also feature new departments, Got some cool pictures of me and Sticks there. And remember, Lieutenant Deputy Sheriff Curtis Wilson with the Richland County, South Carolina Sheriff's Department. He'll also be joining us as a full-time commentator on set. Before I bring in Sticks to talk about this, let me say this. Two years ago, when I was upset about the decision to pull the show, sometimes I said things that were viewed as controversial. I was told to, to, to stop by friends, or other people, that I was endangering my career by speaking out. 
that police were the bad guys to so many in the media. This isn't the time to make those kinds of comments. So wanting to see how police work is done from the officer's perspective was viewed as, I don't know, it was wrong or shameful. Well, now it seems that many have come around and realized, oh, well, we actually need our police. My position has never changed. We needed our police officers then, we need them now, and we need our show. So folks, in the climate that I was just showing, that's where we were with, uh, that led to this, defund the police. Remember the defund the police movement? Guess what? You're not hearing it anymore. And a particular party was supporting that. You're not hearing it anymore for them. You know why? Because the elections are right around the corner. And they, they, don't, they know it's very unpopular to defund the police. So it's, you know, you're not hearing it anymore. And, you know, November is right around the corner. So uh, you're not hearing defund the police uh, the way you did, you know. Uh, you, you're hearing uh, funded the police. You're also hearing a lot of ideas um, that were put into action. And I don't think a lot of people understand that it's recognized in New York City, and I'm going to get a little political here, that uh, mayor Bill de Blasio, Bill de Blasio uh, was probably the worst mayor in the history of New York. And Bill de Blasio actually did defund the police by $1 billion during his last year or so. And he took a lot of that money. And I don't know if you, people that are listening heard of the concept of violence interrupters. Absolute bullshit. They hire gangbangers and shooters and ex-inmates to go to shooting scenes and shooting victims and gangs and try to talk them into not, not shooting people. There's no way to prove statistically or any other way that this works. However, they're getting millions of dollars of our tax dollars to, to use a, a method to reduce shootings, that there's no, there's no statistical means to prove that it works, and it doesn't work. Well, it's just a money grab. Let's give these gangbangers eighty-five thousand a year. Let's give them a job. Let's give them taxpayers' money. Just totally outrageous that we as taxpayers have to pay for this shit. And, and it's like no one challenges it. It's it, it's amazing to me, uh, and I think that it's coming full circle that people have had it. I think as they see shootings and uh, crime go up in, in, in these neighborhoods, it just, people are going to go, what, what, why are we paying these gangbangers, these violence interrupters, really, when we have police? That's what we need is police, not violence interrupters. We need police. On Patrol Live follows multiple departments across the country with live cameras. I had a chance to sit down with the host of the show, journalist Dan Abrams, to talk about what you can expect and why so many agencies were willing to take part in this. So we had a deputy that attempted to make a traffic stop on a suspect, and the suspect did not want to stop, and he fled the scene. Well, folks, this is just sort of showing what uh, the, the original show that I showed you um, 
about what what the new show was going to be about. There's been a, a um a sort of a, a a scandal, if you could call it that, in New York, and. One of the things that the NYPD took a hit on, uh, and not just one, the hits just keep happening, is something called, um, first one is the most heinous thing, is the diaphragm law. And then we also have, um, we, we also have the, um, we get the diaphragm law, and we also have bail reform which is just just outrageous, just totally outrageous that this bail reform law is, uh, it's been renamed uh, catch and release. And it's just, even the, the mayor is, is just baffled by this. People with guns, people that do shootings are getting released and they're out the next day. It's just, uh, it's just totally outrageous. And, um, it's got to stop. And um, when you couple that with the diaphragm law, it, it's just it's intolerable. Um, I want to show something. I want to show that video from yesterday of the transit cop getting attacked by um, by a teenager. Just, just, just outrageous. And uh, this guy was released also. He, he was released the same day. Just, it's, you know, a, a civilization, a city cannot survive like this. It just, it just is not okay. Our elected officials that put up with this, they need to be removed, you know? And we have this ADA Bragg who can be removed by the governor, Hochul, who was appointed by Andrew Cuomo. And... If she doesn't remove Bragg, maybe she should be removed this November in the election. About violence a lot in New York City. Tonight, a closer look at violent crime on mass transit. Crime there, just 2% of overall crime in the country's biggest city. But major crimes this year so far are up 55% at the biggest transit system in the country. And attacks against cops on subways are up by a huge amount. As we saw this weekend, two cops punched several times, assaulted by a teenager who was fair hopping. I'm with news reporter N.J. Burkett, live at the scene on the Upper East Side. N.J. Right, Bill, this incident happened on the Lexington Avenue line at the 125th Street subway station. Officers say they spotted the teen jumping a turnstile, confronted him about it, and then apparently asked him to leave the subway station. They say he refused to do that, and what happened next was captured on cell, on cell phone video. Officers say the teen turned on them in a rage, and for several minutes, it was pandemonium in the 125th Street station. He could be seen throwing punches and landing punches as the officer struggled to arrest him. Folks, I just want to make a comment. One of the things that we know this officer is thinking about, he's thinking about being videotaped, and he's thinking about the diaphragm law. He's afraid to put his knee on this guy. Let me tell you something. This guy, I wouldn't have had to put my knee on him. I, this guy would have been twirling by his hair. I would have swung him around and tossed him onto the third rail by his hair. I mean, just a joke. Once someone is punching you in the face, all bets are off. Diaphragm law, all use of force, it goes out the window. You're fighting for your life. And this is what I, I don't think this officer understood. He will eventually be subdued and taken into custody. 
and then released within 24 hours without posting bail. MTA Chairman Jano Lieber. I don't understand how the law would permit that guy to be released. When he has two priors, he's already out on the street for, to have him immediately released for that attack on a police officer, I don't get it. I know our riders don't get it. Police officials say the officers were attacked after they spotted the teen jumping the turnstile with his girlfriend, that he lashed out at them after they told the couple to leave the subway station. One of two attacks on NYPD transit officers this past weekend. NYPD Transit Chief Jason Wilcox told MTA board members that assaults on his officers have skyrocketed this year. In many cases, while officers were attempting to enforce so-called quality of life infractions. We have seen over a 55% increase in assaults on police officers this year. The majority of these assaults on police officers began as the officers were engaging persons who had committed fare evasion and or other quality of life violations on the trains and stations. In the Harlem incident, Police say the same teen had two recent prior arrests, including one case where he was arrested with several others in possession of a loaded 40 caliber gun and a crossbow. The criminals underground know they can get in a brawl, choke a cop, and be back out in hours, said PBA President Patrick Lynch. Cops are putting ourselves on the line to make the subway safer, but we are feeling abandoned by a justice system that won't back us up, end quote. Matthew Rue shot the video. I just want to make sure, you know, there was a witness for anything that happened that shouldn't have happened and anything that could have happened that didn't happen. The officers were later treated for cuts and bruises and released. Police sources tell me that the entire incident was captured on the officers' body cams and that, in fact, those body cam videos show the officers trying to de-escalate the situation before the teen started throwing punches. Unbelievable, huh? Anyone not? I, I wonder if anyone in the um, in the chat, if that's the first time anyone's seen that video before. Just totally, totally outrageous. Just sickening that that could happen. But you got to understand, the officer's thinking about getting in trouble and not defending his life. It's it's just it, it's just unfathomable that he's thinking that way. Um, it, it's, I don't know, I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, even Mayor Adams, who's sort of a, uh, not a real proactive cop, he's outraged by this stuff. Uh, and he wants to talk to the city council. Uh, and he wants to do something about the diaphragm and bail reform. Uh, and, and, you know, the people... Um, the people that make these laws, they're doubling down on them. Uh, the, the, the bail reform is okay. No, it's, it's protecting us. It's doing great things. These people are doubling down. Uh, it's just, it's just outrageous. It, it, it's really hard to understand. Uh, as crime ticks up in the city, you saw that statistic that, um, Crime in the subway has gone up 58%. 58%. How, if you were a citizen of this city, how safe would you feel about, uh, about riding the subway? You know, Would you feel safe? Would you feel safe about riding the subway? I, 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 I don't think so. You know, I, you know, I have some um, 
I have Pat Lynch, the president of the PBA, uh, on on TV this morning. Let's see what he has to say about this. everybody back to Albany to reform the bail reform laws. The governor of New York saying, we did it already. What was this, like some weekend judge who let this person out? I mean, these crimes, she's saying, were eligible, you know, under the uh, the crime uh, bail reform. Were they? You know, we have to look at this problem in a bigger sense, a bigger picture. It's a number of things that are causing this. Yes, bail reform the diaphragm law, uh, the different laws that the city council and the state legislature have changed that made it more difficult for police officers to do their job. Just look at that, that tape. How violent was that? And this didn't start as you're under arrest. It started as an ejection. Look, pal, you have to leave the station, leave the system. And they refused. And the police officers were put in a position and then set upon a violent struggle this is a police officer in full uniform in our subway system. It took three uniforms to try to subdue this person. Mm. Look at that fight. How unfair was that fight? And you may ask why. The diaphragm law. A police officer can't have a fight and touch you from your neck to your belt. How unfair is that? And what you saw was this perp put our police officer in a chokehold. Yeah. And we can't even touch them in the middle of the body. That's not safe for anyone, the police officer, the public, or even that person we're trying to place under arrest. So Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty, obviously big voice, got lots of power in Albany. He's from the Bronx. Yeah. What's crime like in the Bronx? And why isn't he like saying uh, we need to reform the bail reform? You know, crime is skyrocketing. And what I say to our elected leaders, Carl included, is walk down the streets of your neighborhood and talk to the people that live and work there. They want to go back to feeling safe. They want a police officer standing on their corner, but they want a police officer that's empowered to do the job fairly. Right now, having you stand there and everyone is disregarding you, it's not going to work. Let's allow the police officer to do our job. Look, we've been here before. We know how to do this job. Allow us to do it before it gets out of control. Shootings in the Bronx are out of control. Is, does Assembly Speaker Hasty have security? I'm sure he walks around with a security detail with him. And that's fine. We understand high profile positions, but it gives you a false sense of security. Mm. The rest of us have to walk down the street. The folks that are going to work in the morning, the people that yeah. are going to the subway, they're on their own and they feel afraid. I watched here, the Upper East Side, a woman walked by and was gripping her purse. I haven't seen that in years. Because you know why? Because police officers did the job. We're doing our part. The rest of the justice system has to do their job as well. We're willing to do it. We know how to do it. But we need help. We need help of our yeah. elected leaders to allow us to do it, change the laws that they broke. All the stakeholders, get in a room, admit that we made a mistake, they went too far, and adjust it. Adjust it really. Allow the police officers in there. Allow the elected leaders into that at that table. You know, more importantly, bring the people of the city so you can really hear how mm. they feel. Why won't they do that, though? Because you're hearing from Carl Heastie saying that we don't think this is necessary to call a special session. Why won't they bring in elected officials, police officers, people from the city, people living in fear, walking down the streets? Why won't they do that? 
It has to be politics. Look, we talk about giving the judges the ability to take dangerousness into the equation, mm -hmm. and they should. I think 48 states have that ability. Yeah. But then you have to ask this question. Will the judges use that authority? Because remember, they come up through the political process as well. If the leaders of the political process are saying, don't worry about it, the judges won't either. So we need to have a real discussion. You know, folks, one of the things I want to mention to a lot of folks outside of New York don't realize, before Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo left, he passed a law which raised the age for culpability to be charged as an adult from 16 to 18. So now a lot of the crimes that a 16-year-old was responsible for criminally, that he could go to big person court and to big person prison and jail was raised by two years. So that's problematic too, because a lot of juveniles, as, as we would consider them, uh, they weren't juveniles two years ago when they were 16. Now they are, because Governor Andrew Cuomo raised that law. That's problematic also, because those are the gangbangers. Those are the kids doing the shootings. Those are the kids doing the purse snatches. Those are the kids doing the robberies. Those are the kids stealing the cars. Those are the kids doing the burglaries. So why did you lower the law? And then when we talk about this ADA Bragg, who is a Soros prodigy, and if you don't know who Soros is, he's a billionaire, George Soros. He donates millions of dollars to woke left-wing DAs because he doesn't want them to prosecute. And of course, once they get in, they do his bidding. They're supposed to be there to prosecute, not to take the law into their own hands and to do what George Soros wants them to do. Just absolutely pathetic. Quick discussion at the table, all the stakeholders, and we can fix it. Look, we're the New York City Police Department, and we're all New Yorkers. We've been here. We climbed out of it. Let's not jump back into that hole. And I'm afraid we're on the top of that hole looking to jump in. Mm. When do you think that this responsibility falls into the hands of the people that elected these officials? When is it time to maybe put a little pressure on the people? that? Because That's sometimes right. I feel like we don't get to ask these elected officials some of these questions about bail reform. Yeah. They just get elected and mm -hmm. we're like, I don't know how. And we're not voting. Not many people are voting. So the circle of conversation is really the consultants and the political class. Yeah. We need the folks that are right now walking down the block, going to the subway. We need the folks on the street corner that's going to work, waiting for the grocery store to open. We need them, yes, to vote. Now, it doesn't sound glamorous, but it's powerful to go up the corner to the school or the senior center and fill in that little circle. Bring your glasses so you can see it. But fill in that circle and vote. That's powerful because the elected leaders follow the votes. So, again, not glamorous but extremely powerful. And, and, and in the meantime, what, what's it like for the police officers? Are they leaving? Or do they feel completely demoralized? We are down 2,000 police officers since 2019. Hmm. And so far this year, we've lost 2,000 to retirement and quitting for better paying jurisdictions. Are they coming from other states to like <laughs> poach our police officers? Yes, they are. Go in the subway stations. There's uh, hiring employment fairs for police officers where other departments, other states, and locally, Nassau, Suffolk, MTA, the, the troopers, they're coming, taking our highly trained police officers that the city spent time and money training, yeah. and they're poaching them. And why? They're paying them better, treating them better. We need to respect our police officers. And they also Pace. don't want to deal with what we just saw 
on video. That's exactly right. And just imagine that you're, you're going to work your standing post and next thing you're fighting for your life. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. That happens every day in all of our neighborhoods to police officers. Mm -hmm. This one just happens to be on video. Mm -hmm. Well, we appreciate you coming on. What should people do? Should they call their, their elected officials? What, what should they do right now sitting at home, frustrated with what we're seeing in our city? All the above. Vote. Go to your local community meetings, the community council meetings. Call your elected leaders and say, I want to feel safe. I felt it before. I want that feeling again. I don't want to be afraid getting on the subway. Scariest place in the world is by yourself in a subway car in the middle of a tunnel and a police officer is not there. Hire, pay, and bring our police officers back to our neighborhoods. It's just so interesting that the two most powerful people in all Albany, Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Hasty, live in this city. It's amazing, isn't it? They must be seeing something different. Unbelievable, right, folks? One of the things that I'd like to, uh, some of you out of town is that we don't realize is that in the mayoral election, um, de Blasio, when he got a second term, only 16, 1-6% of the eligible voters voted. 16%. Got that moron elected twice. And that's the problem. In this city, people are so apathetic, they don't vote. And you got to get out the vote. In this November's election, you know, I know that Go uh, Mayor Adams is a Democrat and Governor Hochul is a Democrat. But if I was Mayor Adams, I would put pressure on her and say, you either remove Bragg or I'm going to go to the press every day and give him a story about how crime's out of control because you won't do anything about Bragg. Pathetic, you know? And you'll see, she'll do something about Bragg. The governor has the power to remove the district attorney. And if he's not prosecuting, he does not have the right to take it upon himself not to prosecute. He was elected to prosecute. He gave a 10-point um, edict when he first came in. And one of the things he wanted to do, which I found, found outrageous, was that he wanted to prosecute robbery first degree with a firearm as a misdemeanor. Can you? I, I cringe when I hear that. Absolutely cringe. Because if you've ever had a gun stuck in your face and someone said, give me your money, for that alone, the guy should go to prison for 10 years. You know? Should go to prison. And here's a DA saying that that's not a serious crime. He's got to be removed. He's got to go. It's just, it's just pathetic. I get so emotional about this because I, I love New York City. I love the New York City Police Department. And seeing like that videotape of the cop getting beat up by a 16-year-old, partially because he was afraid to use the proper amount of force to get that situation under control. And then the other two officers, the female officer, didn't seem like he knew how to fight. And then the guy in the light blue jacket, I don't know if he was community affairs. He was useless. You know, I don't know what he was doing. He seemed like he was doing a dance. But he certainly wasn't taking the perp to the ground and getting them handcuffed, taking care of business, it's just totally pathetic, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it, this takes so much energy to, to talk about this. And everyone that saw that videotape was just horrified, just, just horrified about what had occurred. Uh, look, I don't know. Well, the answer is, is that I think it's the answer is partially 
in Mayor Adams' venue. He's got to go to Hochul every day. You've got to do something, A, about... And I also go to the New York City Council. I want the diaphragm law reversed, or else I'm, I'm going to not work with you guys. I'm going to put some pressure. I'm sure the mayor has his bully pulpit, that he can do some things to the city council that they won't like. Either reverse the diaphragm law, or you're not going to like how I govern. You know, And I think that's one of the answers. Look, the election in November could be a red bloodbath, you know? And this city deserves it because it's just, it's pathetic. It's just so, so pathetic. Um, well, folks, uh, <laughs> I was on my bully pulpit for a while here. Uh, I get emotional about this because I'm concerned. I don't like what's going on in New York City. I don't like to see New York City police officers beat up. I don't like to see them handicapped and not be able to use the proper amount of force to save their own lives. It's really, really pathetic. And uh, that's where I'm coming from. Folks, tonight, 9 p.m., we have an unbelievable show. And I'm not just saying that. We have six retired members of the service. I can tell you who they are. Um, and they're going to tell... NYPD, true stories. I'm not going to call them war stories. I'm just going to call them true stories. And, I mean, we have such an eclectic group. I'm not going to tell you who they are. I'll tell you tonight. So tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, for NYPD, true stories. I think it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be a lot of laughs. There's going to be a lot of humor. And there's going to be a lot of great stories that you're going to hear for the first time but I think you're going to love it. Folks, thank you for listening today. Me getting on my soapbox. Uh, this police off the cuff real crime story slash coffee with cannon. It's not backyard beverage because I'm inside. It's not bitch. I guess you could call it bitching with Bill too. Uh, I'll take that one also. But thank you so much for tuning in today. God bless. And I'll see you tonight at 9 p.m. God bless. One episode. Just ain't enough